Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome. Now, if you're a subscriber to the main Autosport podcast and sister shows Current Affairs, our dedicated former re-channel, and Tank Slappers, which serves the motorbiking world, you might have noticed that this particular episode has gone out across all three titles. And there's a good reason for that. For now, I'm your temporary host, Matt Q, and for this, in inverted commas, special episode, I'm joined by Autosport's technical editor, Jake Boxall-Legg, and our MotoGP correspondent, Lewis Duncan, to discuss the ever-evolving situation regarding the spread of the novel coronavirus known as COVID-19. Now, although the 2020 Formula One season is set to kick off in Australia this weekend, it does so under something of a cloud following the spread of the virus, declared by the World Health Organization as a public emergency, and it's really taken its toll on the uh, motorsport calendar in quite a short space of time. We already know that the Bahrain Grand Prix will be held behind closed doors, Two Formula E races have been officially postponed and the Premier MotoGP class season opener in Qatar was cancelled altogether. It's a situation that's evolving day by day and its repercussions fall well beyond just the racing world. And it's a situation that we're all monitoring very closely in the office. Now JBL, big question, I'm going to throw over to you straight away. Do you fancy getting us and the listeners up to speed on the headlines surrounding COVID-19 so far? What do we know about coronavirus? Well, of course, it's a what's known as a serious acute respiratory syndrome. And so that's basically the same acronym that SARS virus had a few years ago, if you remember that. This isn't nearly as deadly. The death rate isn't uh, quite as high as, as SARS or uh, Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome as well, which struck in 2012. But it has spread much more widely and it's been a... R- really strange accelerated spread that has has gone worldwide so 
It was originally reported as this sort of pneumonia case that originated in Wuhan in China, um, and then it was found as a new strain of coronavirus, hence novel coronavirus. Um, and so as a result, a lot of sporting events have been cancelled. So that's the situation now. Um, we're currently up to about 300 and something cases in the UK. Um, and, you know, it's just it's expected to spread over the next days and months, really. You're in the office now recording the podcast, but you're not too far away from setting off on your travels for race to the Formula One calendar in Bahrain. Obviously, you know, you've cleaned your underwear, you're about to pack your suitcase. But what's the impact being felt in Formula One at the moment? It's very, very strange because obviously China was cancelled very, very early doors. And that seemed like a very proactive move by Formula One and the Chinese Grand Prix organisers. So, and we didn't really know the full impact then either. It was just, this has happened in China and it has been cancelled. And now it's, only now it's sort of taken on this shape as this this global, it's it's teetering on the edge of a a pandemic really. Um, But Australia has still gone ahead. Australia is not a country that's really faced this so much um it's not undergone a massive amount of travel restrictions like a lot of other countries have done but it's creating a lot of a lot of problems because a lot of the formula one fraternity goes through you know en route to australia countries like singapore and that kind of thing and these are countries that are massively affected so it's it's really breaking you know travel down uh it's kind of making that a little bit difficult for everybody in formula one um there was also a situation as well where Italy is basically on complete lockdown at the moment and obviously you have Ferrari and AlphaTauri and Pirelli, uh, a lot of uh, a big Italian contingent in Formula One as it stands. So it's a very, very strange situation. Um, Australia has gone ahead. I think the Italian teams managed to sort of beat the the quarantine in Italy. So they're in Australia. It's just how do you get to Bahrain now? Because currently as it stands, most of the flights go to Bahrain from Australia via Dubai. There is only one flight from Dubai to Bahrain per day. So a lot of Formula One team members and journalists and other individuals in the paddock are finding that their flights are being pushed back or moved forward and it doesn't really correlate with the the swing of the weekend. Um, And then... There is the future impact as well. What's going to happen to the Vietnam race? What's going to happen at the start of the European season? Will this have all gone away or will it be a lot more serious? We just don't know. So it's still having an impact now. Lewis, over to you. Um, MotoGP calendar. Do you reckon it's fair to say it's been the one that's most impacted by coronavirus? Literally, you know, 30 seconds before we've come on out, you've seen uh, your new schedule for the year. You've I'm no doubt had to cancel all your social engagements and parties. <laughs> So, so how widespread is it in the in the two wheeled world? Yeah, I think it's safe to say that MotoGP has probably been impacted the most by the coronavirus outbreak. Of course, this is the second uh, the second new calendar we've had in five days. We had a new calendar issued last Thursday, uh, which confirmed uh, Austin would be the start race after, as you mentioned earlier on, Qatar was cancelled, uh, and now Austin has been postponed to the penultimate round of the championship. We are due to get underway in Argentina uh, on April 19th. So far, there aren't. there's only been a couple of confirmed cases in the country and none of them near the uh, Temaster Rio Hondo circuit. But the the problem is there that, you know, you, you bring in this championship of, you know, maybe 2,000 personnel. Remember, you've got three world championships in the MotoGP paddock, MotoGP, Moto2 and Moto3. So there is that risk of, 
you know someone potentially bringing the, the virus with them um so there's all those sort of things to consider so the start date for the the MotoGP calendar is very much not fixed uh and then yeah we we don't know how this Italy lockdown is going to affect things a large majority of the paddock is based there a lot of Italian riders a lot of teams based in Italy as well as two Italian manufacturers on the grid in Aprilia and Ducati uh, so it's a very difficult situation right now you know we did have some racing in Qatar with Moto2 and Moto3 because they were already there a week week ago for a, a pre-season test so they yeah that did seem avoided. to get some social media flack initially but it was more of a product product of circumstance yeah really and you know it, it could have been argued that yeah you know MotoGP about hindsight really they could have done the same thing but you have to think that the, the MotoGP test wrapped up a, a week before that so a fortnight before the season started so you know that's two weeks away from home for a lot of people which you know in a 20 race championship as you know as it's well 19 race now but it's a long time you're going to be away from home and it's a lot to ask for people to try and stay separated from their families, especially in this difficult time with the virus. Uh, some MotoGP manufacturers, particularly uh, the Japanese manufacturers, so Honda, Suzuki, Yamaha, they did insist that some of the sort of main, enough people stayed behind in Qatar just in case they didn't get caught out by any of the travel restrictions, but it was... Uh, it didn't matter in the end. It's um, but yeah, it's, the situation changes day by day, and we just we don't know. You know, Italy's been hit hard by this. Spain's now going to be hit hard by this, which of course, you know, that's, that has repercussions for MotoGP as well. A lot of Spanish riders. We have four Spanish races uh, this season, so yeah, it's very all in flux right now. Absolutely. Uh, a quick update on the Formula E world uh, as the correspondent, I suppose. The Sanyuri Prix, obviously in China, a uh, little surprise there when that was a f- officially postponed. Uh, that's a that's a wording from Formula E, although uh, as is expected, we've not had a revised date yet. Uh, whether you take that to mean as near as damn it cancelled is is up to the listener. Leave it with them. Uh, and then this week it was announced that the Romy Prix will also fall off the calendar. Perhaps no great surprise given Italy is the uh, worst affected country in Europe uh, as a result of the coronavirus. You know, they bought in, um, uh, the Italian government bought in sort of a decree that all sporting events were to take place behind closed doors uh, until the 3rd of April. Curiously, uh, that was a day before the Formula E event. Um, but shakedown takes place a day before that would have that would have uh, overlapped with that. But then you know, as we saw with the the Rome Marathon getting cancelled, and then the men's and women's uh, Six Nations matches against England being uh, being postponed, you know, formally as as a byproduct has fallen off the calendar. Uh, interestingly, though. Um, sort of preempting this the Formula E freight was shipped straight from the last round in Marrakesh to the uh, circuit in Valencia where they uh, conduct pre-season testing so all the cars are located there and uh, we understand although it's not been confirmed that that uh, 4th of April race date is being kept free for a race at at what seems like Valencia is a likely location it'd be interesting because you know Formula E on a a purpose built um, uh, racetrack would be quite good but having said that, you know, with with the freight pretend, uh, potentially ending up as a as a stand-in race in, in Spain, from my perspective, Lewis, JBL, I don't know about you, but it seems like MotoGP and Formula E in particular have had the better response to coronavirus, both in terms of communication and perhaps lending themselves to being slightly more flexible to alternate races. Uh, 
What do you guys make of that statement? Is it a fair a fair assessment of Formula One maybe being a tad cumbersome in this situation? I think so. Because um, when you talk about Formula One, there's so many commercial agreements and things like that. And Formula One doesn't want to lose the, the race fees that it commands from, from its promoters. And so Formula One can't go around and say, we're going to cancel that race because then they have to give all of the money that they've got from countries to be on the calendar back. And so they're incentive is for them to wait until the organizer says we can't hold the race anymore in good faith and then formula one says okay we'll we'll we'll, ha- we'll hang on to that money so it is a it's a matter of trying to balance your commercial interests with your your human interests if you like and it's, it's a very very hard thing to do it's very difficult to look cynical and it's also very difficult to keep all of these 10 teams in good financial health because you will be naturally losing a lot of money so it's a weird balancing act that you have to play but you also do have to to some degree be decisive and that's what formula e and moto gp seem to have done moto gp has responded to the situation as as it comes i'm sure i'm sure lewis will talk about this in a bit but um you know, today it, we've even had a change to the calendar. So, uh, Austin was positioned as the season opener after the first two rounds were cancelled, and now they are reacting to that day by day. Um, there has been um, changes in in Texas, in particular Austin, and uh, various bans on public gatherings. So, it is ultimately responding to the situation as it arises day by day. Really, the Formula One things kind of interesting because we had the the Bahrain announcement at the weekend, and there wasn't really a Formula One official Formula One follow up until Monday. It didn't really add anything new to the situation. Uh, Donna Sports, MotoGP's uh, promoters, and the FIM have been very publicly proactive. Um, Carmelo Esbeleta, the Donna CEO. Uh, held a press conference in Qatar over the weekend and said, you know, nothing's off limits in terms of getting this world championship in. Contractually, Dorna and the FIM have to run a minimum of 13 uh, Grand Prix this this season. Um, But they are steadfast in their determination to run as many races as possible. So right now we still have a full 19 race uh, championship. Thailand's been pushed back to the start of October. Uh, and as uh, JBL just mentioned there, that um, Austin's now been pushed back as as well. So they are still trying to f- host a full championship. Uh, they haven't ruled out the possibility of running races behind closed doors. They haven't run, ruled out the possibility of running races, you know, running two Grand Prix a weekend. That I don't know how that would work personally. That's... I think there's a lot of contractual things with circuits that would have to be ironed out there. Uh, I know for a fact there are two circuits that are on the reserve list, so both in Portugal, so Portimao and Estoril, so should another race in Europe become unviable, uh, you know, perhaps you know there's a chance to run races in Portugal. So there are... Don and the FIM have made, been making a lot of noise about this, both Esbeleta and the FIM president, Jorge Viejas. It's already a congested calendar and, you know, the, the end of the season's looking pretty tight. You've got Aragon back-to-back with Thailand and then you've got the three flyaway triple headers in, in the Pacific regions and then you've got Austin two weeks after that and then Austin and Valencia are back-to-back. So that's already quite tight. There has been talks about maybe pushing the season back into December, so that's obviously longer travel times for people it's 
you know, there, there's a couple of sort of schools of thoughts. One is it's good that they're being proactive, and it is good to see, especially from the fans' point of view, from from my point of view as well. Because it's let's let's not forget, you know, it's livelihoods for a lot of people, and, and the MotoGP paddock in particular is a lot of freelancers. So they, you know, there there is certainly that element of it as well. But you know, how much pressure do you put on the teams? How much? how much pressure can they take, especially when you think you've got a very quick turnaround after December to get everything ready for the start of the new season. So, you know, there is an argument to be made that perhaps Dorna are maybe quite willing to pay the price, but maybe not so much count the cost of of trying to get an entire championship run. F1 this season has an inaugural race in Vietnam. Formerly, we're meant to go to uh, an inaugural race in Seoul in South Korea and uh, Jakarta. All three of those territories are obviously close to where coronavirus is said to have uh, said to have started. What do you rate the prospects of Vietnam staying on the calendar? Obviously, it shouldn't be just about a loss of face, but as you alluded to earlier, you know, there's commercial, uh, commercial agreements at play here as well. To be honest with you, I don't know, because I hear a lot of different things. I hear that it's under threat. I hear that it will go ahead. Um, I think the key thing is there's also obviously another new race in Zandvoort as well, which we'll get to in a minute, but... Um, I that there hasn't been a lot of discussion over what will happen in Vietnam, but one thing that has changed is the visa situation with regards to specifically, uh, not specifically people in the UK and number of, of other nationalities as well, but uh, people from the UK going into Vietnam will now have to get visa, and that adds another layer of uh, red tape. Um, and it does look day by day a little bit more and more unlikely that it will happen um I mean, maybe it still will i don't know maybe they'll push it ahead maybe coronavirus will suddenly i don't know go away i um we just don't know at this point but uh, i think the sensible the sensible decision would be to at the very least postpone it as i say there is also zandvo as well which is a very much hyped race but by the time we get to end of april start of may uh i i, I would suggest that coronavirus would probably taken much more of a hold in Europe and so that race and the Spanish Grand Prix and uh, the Monaco Grand Prix as well they're all going to be quite under threat as well so it's it's really hard to to say what's going to go ahead and what's not it's it's just it's very very difficult it is changing day by day and you know by the time we wake up tomorrow it might have all gone or it might have got a whole lot worse so we just don't know. Absolutely. From a former E point of view, we've got a race in Jakarta, which has already had a difficult birth. Um, the local authorities announced that the initial proposed route was uh, was no longer suitable, and then suddenly it was again. Um, and then, as you as you alluded to with with Zandvoort, we've got former races coming up in in Paris and Berlin. And although um, Italy has gone pretty militant over the last forty eight hours in terms of its measures to contain the spread, obviously if it sort of leaks into mainland Europe more widespread, then all of that could be affect, affected as well, and it seems so far that we've had we've had three um, sort of measures come in. The race is cancelled altogether. It's held behind closed doors, or we go to an alternative lo- location. Otherwise, you know, they continue as is. Do we get a sense from any of the paddocks that um, we might see more of that uh, announced in in the very near future? We've already got the behind closed doors race in Bahrain, and it'll be. I think Formula One might be using that as a little bit of a bellwether to test out whether it's a viable strategy or not um whether it's obviously a fan favorite and filled with spectators of Bahrain Grand Prix each year yeah some people have suggested that you know what's the difference um but 
uh, joking aside, it's it is a sort of test for whether Formula One can handle it. Um, I suppose if one is to find an upside, it will be uh, Formula One TV no longer does uh, fan shots every time an overtake is being taken. <laughs> but um, obviously, you'll still have the TV personnel and you still have journalists going. Um, so it contains some of the spread. But obviously, if there's one person in the F1 paddock that's got it, uh, then well, then we're all at risk. I'm not entirely. It maybe other series as well will look at that example and you know perhaps Formula E and perhaps MotoGP will look at it and go okay it is a viable strategy um, let's have a go yeah ultimately the teams here you know they've developed cars they've developed bikes they've signed up to championships they expect to race you know they exist to race they spend millions and millions of pounds Lewis in the MotoGP paddock have you got sort of wind of team principals and, and, and staff in particular being particularly proactive about making sure you get to that sort of set number of races and, you know, what they've been proposing to Dorner to sort of see the calendar remain unaffected as possible? Uh, there hasn't been too much noise yet. Um, uh, in that press conference with Esbeleta last weekend, you know, they, he did say they are working very closely, Dorna, the FIM, working very closely with ARTA, which is the International Race Teams Association and the Manufacturers Association as well. So it does to me sound like it's a very much a collaborative effort in the MotoGP paddock to find solutions, to find the best way forward. Like you say, you know, everyone in the paddock exists to go racing. This is This is our life, you know, this is... It's what we live for. This is what all the, the manufacturers have put all that money and development time in for. It's it's what the riders have trained for all their lives. Everyone lives to go racing, so there there, there will definitely be a an effort to make sure we get as much racing as possible. Um, like JBL says there, I think Bahrain will be watched very keenly uh, by a lot of championships to see if it is a viable option. There is obviously going to be uh, a loss to circuits for not being able to host fans and have to refund fans. And um, obviously the series organizers then will have to offer some sort of compensation, I would imagine. Uh, that hasn't been really, by the sounds of it, an issue for MotoGP. As Belletta said, look, it doesn't really matter what the financial implications are as long as we get races. And to be fair, you would lose a lot more money by completely not staging a race than staging it behind closed doors so there's uh, there are a lot of things to consider here but like I say it does from MotoGP side anyway it does sound like very much a collaborative effort a joint effort to try and find the best solution and that does seem like though it has probably been stifled a little bit by the, the lockdown in Italy and you, you have to think that that'll be a measure that might affect other countries in Europe particularly in the not too distant future as more cases of COVID-19 get confirmed. We know you mainly from uh, MotoGP, but you're a, a passionate uh, fan and reporter of uh, road racing as well. So what about something, you know, for example, like the uh, Isle of Man TT, uh, a bit closer to home for us. Is that anything we could see affected? Some of the road races are a bit more, a uh, bit more domestic and the Isle of Man, which is a bit more isolated from everywhere else. Yeah, the, the TT is probably the other big motorsport event that's kind of there is certainly a focus on what the future of that event will be uh the Man government very recently issued a statement saying everything's fine everything's going to go ahead but they might have to introduce some sort of travel restrictions on people coming because you have to think this is a, an island of maybe fifty thousand people i think maybe a bit less than that 
it swells to something mad like 80,000 during TT fortnight. So many people from all over the world come to Isle of Man for, for, T, for the TT. And of course, with that brings a risk where right now this is a, an island that doesn't have any uh, confirmed cases. There's no they're very, very low risk of coronavirus there right now, but that could change exponentially uh, when you introduce all these new people. That could very quickly then overwhelm the, the, the hospitals there. The hospitals there are already a little bit, uh, not stressed, but they, they need to keep a certain number of beds free for serious accidents on Isle of Man during uh, practice or racing. So that's there's a question mark there, and it's all going to depend on how serious things kind of get in Europe with the virus. Do they stop people coming from Europe and then maybe just focus on the UK? But of course, we don't know what the UK situation is going to be. That obviously will then have an impact economically on Isle of Man. TT, very big source of income for, for Isle of Man. So it's, yeah, it's difficult. And of course, we've got the Northwest 200 as well. We're not sure how Northern Ireland's going to respond to all this. So there's the, all, it's all systems go for now. But, you know, as, as JBL's mentioned before, and as you mentioned as well, Matt, it's just, this changes day, day to day. It could be all right tomorrow. It could be, you know, even worse tomorrow. We just don't, we just don't know. Now that, listeners, is someone who knows their paddock inside and out. Uh, and, and while you're speaking about the, the Isle of Man TT, a word on UK motorsport a little closer to home. Um, at club level racing, Motorsport UK, which is sort of the governing body of motorsport in this country, uh, similar to what we've said, they've said they're monitoring this situation closely, uh, closely and they, they respect it's ever-changing. However, yes, they, uh, they did, uh, along with other sporting authorities, meet with, the, uh, meet with the government and sort of consult with various, various programmes. The word we're getting from them is that, by and large, they expect national meetings uh, to continue um, largely unaffected as it stands. That is weighted towards your sort of uh, your bread and butter, grassroots motorsport with gentlemen, you know, or gentlewomen drivers at the weekend, not your larger capacity British touring car races, which might be affected. Um, I don't think it's too unrealistic to say a step further. If you look at an event like um, Goodwood Festival of Speed in the summer, if coronavirus is still sort of a, a heavy threat around then, uh, that's, uh, I think, gets a footfall of about 300,000 people over the weekend. With so many famous drivers, so many famous cars, brands coming in, obviously, like you said, Lewis, with the TT, that's a hot spot for sort of uh, people coming into the country uh, from their respective territories and so on. The Olympics this summer set for Tokyo, uh, the Euros as well. So, you know, it, it does exist well beyond motorsport. And so, and obviously, in the world of sport as well, you have uh, Serie A being cancelled until in the beginning of April, but here in the UK, things are going ahead. Cheltenham Festival this weekend, and that's set to bring about, uh, you know, quite a large public gathering. the The important thing is for you people at home listening to this podcast is not to be worried. Um, obviously, you'll hear a lot of things uh, in the media that that are being said. Um, some of it a little bit more hyperbolic than than others. Um, important thing is just to be be sensible please wash your hands uh you don't need to stockpile everything from the season yeah this whole thing of panic buying soap which is uh it's like running up to one end of the football pitch kicking a ball in the net and realizing it's your own goal because if you're hoarding all the soap that means other people can't wash their hands and that's how they will spread coronavirus and and another thing and another thing i'm warming to my theme here when you see people <laughs> wearing masks on a tube all that does is like incubate the germs around their mouth and force that to spread it's moronic well, i've seen pictures of people with gas marks uh, masks and uh tupperware boxes on their heads <laughs> uh, which 
the only time that's sensible on a tube is when inconsiderate passengers start eating, not not the spread of coronavirus. <laughs> not the most lighthearted uh, podcast episode we've ever done. We'll hold our hands up to that. But I think it's important to address sort of the changing situation. And uh, on that note, if it's something that we revisit down the line as and when we learn more about the impact in Formula One, Formula E and MotoGP, then obviously we'll reconvene to bring you the latest. We'll leave it there for now. My thanks to JBL for his insights into the world of Formula One, Lewis Duncan for uh, MotoGP. Join us again for another Autosport podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.